Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. Today we're talking about infertility and acupuncture. Do they play well together? Acupuncture. Yeah, that's the question of the day. I can't say that quick. Acupuncture? Acupuncture. Acupuncture. (laughs) Acupuncture. Acupuncture. We're getting off topic Anyway. (laughs) No, we're on topic, but, you know. We're we're on topic, but we're off topic. Uh, We have a couple of quick business items. The first one, we talked about Louise Brown in, I don't know, when was that, Sarah? Mm. Episode 29, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I I think think that was it. And... Anyway, she celebrated her 40th birthday, which means the 40th birthday of IVF, the 40th anniversary, whatever. And so in that episode, we talked about maybe doing a quick deep dive on her. So I did. You know what kind of sucks for her? She can't lie about her age. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't know why you'd want to lie about your age, but if she wanted to. I know why you'd want to lie about your age. Why? Because getting old sucks. Hey, at least you're not dead. That does always beat the alternative. <laughs> so, but you're right. She just turned 40 this month, or in July, in late July. So I did a little deep dive on her. We gave a few facts about her in that episode, but here's a few more. If you want to find her, she is on Twitter. She's at Louise Joy Brown on Twitter, and that's her website is the same thing, Louise Joy Brown. So she has a website because she wrote a book several years ago about her life as the first test tube baby. That's what they called her back in the day. And in that same episode, we we talked about the term test tube baby, and we're like, where did that come from? actually was first used in the 1930s but in reference to like IUIs artificial insemination which makes sense which makes more sense yeah. yes and the media just took the term and ran with it once IVF gained popularity because it was just like an artificial you know reproductive technique and they just took test tube baby rolls off the tongue better than petri dish baby is that alliteration Right, exactly. So, um, Louise's mom and dad tried for nine years. It's a long time. Her mom, Leslie, had blocked tubes. Sarah, you can relate. That's not going to work if you're trying to have a baby naturally. No, no. So, you can keep trying. It's not going to work. So, that's why they ended up doing IVF and... Louise received scrutiny, negative scrutiny, from the moment she was born, from everyone from the Catholic Church to just your layperson on the street. A lot of people were not supportive and were like super critical of her parents and they received death threats and sent them all kinds of nasty things in the mail and like Like she was tampons. Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I actually think it was much worse than that. Probably. Yeah. But I mean, 
I think I'm going to have to get her book because I'm I'm interested in what it was like growing up under that scrutiny of just, I mean, you could just imagine like your birth sparked this enormous worldwide controversy. She's probably like, I just happened to be the first one. I know. Like, I didn't ask for this. Don't get mad at me. Poor Louise. Yeah. We love you, Louise. I hope she's making lots of money off of it now. Me too. I Maybe Louise can be on the podcast someday. Who knows? Uh. Reach for the stars. <laughs> and speaking of the UK, we just did our episode on uh, the IVF tourist, and we talked about healthcare in the United Kingdom, and I kind of ripped on it. Like, this sucks that you guys... Uh, mostly that their IVF coverage is like just keeps getting less and less and like they're more strict on who they cover and etc. And the day that that episode came out, we got um, we got a someone slid into our DMs on Instagram, which if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're at Infernal Mafia podcast. So I wanted to read her message because she talked about her experience with IVF in the UK. So she says, Hey, thanks for making such a good podcast. It's the perfect combination of funny and informative. And you remind me of listening to my favorite murderer. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We're fangirling so hard right now. Sarah and I both love My Favorite Murder. That's like the best compliment anyone's ever given us. True that. (laughs) So, anyway, she says, she listens in the UK. I'm totally freaked out because I've been suffering miscarriages. I had two so far, and I have to have three before we get any kind of tests on the NHS. So, you guys were totally right to get mad at the UK. And you also have to wait two years of trying to conceive before they refer you for IVF. And that resets after each miscarriage. So yeah, totally considering traveling for treatment now after your podcast. Anyway, thanks again. I love it. I love the podcast. We infertiles need a good laugh. And that's from at Calico Melton. Thank you. That was a lovely message. Um, and she's a graphic designer, and her Instagram is beautiful. Yeah, we just, just we looked at it before the yeah, show, it's and great. it's very cool. Yeah. She makes very patterns. Cool. Yes, graphic designer patterns. They're kind of whimsical and lovely, just lovely. Are you on Spoonflower? What's Spoonflower? You can order custom fabric. Oh. <gasps> sounds like my dream yeah it's pretty awesome i love that um i appreciate that she wrote to us though and yes thank you yeah it sounds like she sort of confirmed everything that i unfortunately said in that episode that doing ivf in england has not been a good experience for her well she hasn't Um, even gotten the chance right and and now she's considering traveling for treatment. So I hope that goes well. Please keep us posted. We want to hear how how your journey goes. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, 
this episode. Yeah, acupuncture. Uh, we pulled Instagram. Wait. Okay. 50% said they tried it and 50 58%. 58% said they tried it and 58% said they thought it helped. Yeah, it was dead even. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah, but so, I feel like yeah. yeah, it's 58% of you that we polled said they tried it. And then of those 58%, 58% said they thought it helped. I bet so some people voted who haven't tried it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an Instagram poll, which means it's highly scientific. Yes. But it's weird that 58 is both of those things. I know. I have the screen grab to prove it like right at the end of the poll i took a screen grab like okay well good this is what it is yeah and it was gonna believe you (laughs) it was mostly for me so i could remember what it was i would have i wouldn't have remembered if i hadn't taken a picture um but there were a big chunk of you that responded to that poll so it's not like it was like three people it was a lot of people um, acupuncture has become increasingly popular, especially in clinics, but I think it's largely accepted as complementary to other Western medicine. Because it's an Eastern medicine. <laughs> right. Because they're like, no, no, no. Western medicine is still number one. If you want to do acupuncture on the side, we're okay with it. <laughs> You do you, boo. You do you, boo. Didn't you say your clinic had an acupuncturist? Uh, My maternal fetal medicine specialist has an acupuncturist. Yeah. Which is bizarre. Like, I feel like that's, I mean, becoming more popular. But traditionally speaking, the Western and Eastern medicine practices did not necessarily get along. No. (laughs) He also has a masseuse, too. He's got everything. It's like a spa. Your MFM is like, yeah. He's awesome. I would have to have, I I would be like, Bill, I have another doctor's appointment. And I just go to the masseuse again. I've never gotten a massage there. Hmm. So we're always like. Maybe you should. In and out. (laughs) So, acupuncture. Right. What does it treat? Everything. I swear if you Google any kind of ailment, it'll be like, acupuncture can cure this. And acupuncture is a bunch of tiny needles that they stick in Mm -hmm. you before we get going. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Do you remember seeing the episode of Charlotte trying it on Sex and the City? No, but I, I mean, I've seen every episode of Sex in the City, but I don't remember. Pretty sure she tries it. She didn't like nice. it. <laughs> kind of like you, Sarah. Yeah, I think I had somewhat of the same experience. Like, I was laying there, I'm like, uh, you're just going to leave me in here? Right. <laughs> With all these needles in me? <laughs> At least your acupuncturist left the room. Mine was in there with me. Oh, and she was like, okay, just relax. Yeah, mine left. Mine didn't leave. But it supposedly treats everything. 
from asthma to allergies, inflammation, sleep disorders, nausea, GI issues, weight loss, drug addiction, chronic pain, PTSD, anxiety, and of course, infertility. So, what is acupuncture? How does it work? <laughs> okay. Our bodies <laughs> this is have the question. energy flowing through them. When energy. This, <laughs> when this energy is disrupted, it causes an ailment. Element. Ailment. I can hear it ailment. in my head. Element. <laughs> ailment. There we go. There you go. Small needles are inserted into the skin at specific acupressure. Wow. <laughs> acupressure points that channel and redirect the flow of that energy or Zai? <laughs> what is that? I could have I could have saved you, but I wanted to watch you flounder and try to read that word. What is it? How do you say it? Chi. Chi that what? Chi. That's how you spell chi? There's a few different ways that I saw that it was spelled. But yeah. Chi is like the healthy flow of energy through your body. If anyone practices yoga, it's the same kind of jargon, same kind of talk. And it's spelled X-I. That's one way to spell it. There's other ways to spell it. <laughs> so, I, okay, I, I did acupuncture. I told Sarah before I before we started recording that I'm very neutral on it. I don't feel like super pumped about it, but I also don't feel like, no, it's bullcrap. I'm just very neutral. Um, so what I wanted to do was find, not that I don't um, love thinking about Western medicine and their approach to things and their like explanation of things, but I wanted a, or excuse me, Eastern medicine. I wanted an, a Western medicine, a, a like explanation of how it works. And I thought this was a good one. And it's basically that the little needles that they put in your acupressure points stimulate blood flow as well as nerves that talk to the brain that create the feel good hormones. And that's why you get relief from pain or that's why you get, um, that's why it can actually like help with your endocrine issues. It's like talking to the nerves that talk to the brain that stimulate it, the pituitary gland and such. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, really don't care either way about acupuncture. We're both neutral. But we're both neutral, but it's worth exploring because I feel like it's one of those things that gets thrown out there all the time when you're going through infertility like try acupuncture. And there's almost this obligation, not obligation, but I don't know, like, should I try it? What if I don't try it? I should try it because if I don't try it, I'm going to think I should have tried it. And I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's always, like, you feel like you have to check off every box. Yeah, yeah. I tried it right and, before IVF. Yeah, we both did it. 
So and then it failed. <laughs> <laughs> the same so. thing happened to me. <laughs> There's that. Twice. Happened twice. Yeah. Um right. So a couple of fun facts on acupuncture. First of all, it's super old. It predates recorded history. It's over 8,000 years old, which is crazy. And they used to make little tiny needles out of stone or bones or gold or silver. Now they're made out of stainless steel. And they're teeny, teeny, tiny. So I thought this was funny that Western medicine came along at the turn of the 20th century, right? Right. And then in 1929... Acupuncture was banned in China, which is where it came from. What? Yeah. The Chinese emperor was like, this is bullshit. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> so he the completely banned up. the practice in China wow. in 1929. Don't worry, it came back in the 1960s, of course. And we have President Nixon to thank for its popularity in the United States. What? Yeah. Good old Dick. (laughs) He traveled over to China in the 1970s when he was president and discovered acupuncture. And I guess one of his, like someone on his press someone I don't know someone on his that was with him had to have like an emergency appendectomy and while the while he was in the hospital recovering they did acupuncture on him and he I guess he got all this pain relief from his appendectomy and then he came home and wrote this article about it and then it gained all this popularity in the U.S. Wow yeah so it's really only been popular in the U.S. since then. Hmm. But now acupuncturists are accredited in the U.S. They do four years of schooling to become certified. And last fun fact, there's over 2,000 acupuncture points on the body. Who knew? So if you stab yourself with a needle, you're going to hit, hit an acupuncture point. Yeah, just take a needle, just start stabbing yourself and see what happens. Just choop, 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 choop. Let's try this spot. Let's oh. try that spot. Yeah. Yeah, 2,000 acupuncture points and over 14 meridian major pathways. Those are the electrical channels. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Sarah, if you want, you can read, I found this article... We can link it in the show notes about acupuncture and infertility specifically and how it supposedly helps with fertility. Okay. If you want to just read those first couple things. Sure. Acupuncture can increase fertility by reducing stress, increasing blood flow to the reproductive organs, and balancing the endocrine system. And one of the ways acupuncture... Almost said acupressure. Acupuncture infertility treatment increases fertility is by reducing stress. 
because fertility, infertility is caused by stress. And you guys just need to relax. Relax. Right. <laughs> it didn't say that. Sorry. No, it so, didn't. Increases fertility by reducing stress, which is often a key factor in the fertility of both men and women. When people are under stress, the hormone cortisol is released in the brain. Isn't this like so interesting to you? (laughs) (laughs) This alters the brain's neurochemical balance, thus changing hormone levels and disrupting the pituitary balance that is key to the reproductive cycle. Because of the delicate balance between the hypothalamus, pituitary, and reproductive glands, stress is capable of preventing a woman from ovulating entirely. This can contribute to the cause of female infertility. Okay, so basically it helps with your stress. Yeah. That was a long way of saying it helps you de-stress. So they're saying stress is cause or stress causes infertility. That's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. And they're saying that acupuncture helps reduce your stress. And I think based on our listener comments, I would agree with that because for the most part, you guys. So we had so many comments about this. It was crazy. So we are not going to read all of them. Um, but most of you, if you said anything, you said it helped you, it helped you relax. And for those of you that it did not help you relax, you were like, no, 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 I did not, I was not relaxing, so I'm not going to do it anymore, which I feel like that's the takeaway. Yeah. That's what, that's going to be my like advice about acupuncture. If you like it and it helps you relax, go for it. And if you don't and it stresses you out more because it costs money and you it's another appointment on your calendar and you don't feel relaxed after doing it, then don't do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it didn't help me relax. That's why I didn't go back. Yeah. I sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't <laughs> for me. <laughs> hmm. That's me, always living right on the line. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't ever be on either side of the fence. So we'll go ahead and share some of our listener comments with you guys. Um, the first one's from Stephanie. And she said, um, I have been to acupuncture twice. The first time was not fertility related. It was a community acupuncture clinic. So you're in a big room with a bunch of other people at once. I started, oh no, I started bleeding at a couple of places, but had to wait for the practitioner to come back to check on me to get out of there so I didn't ruin it for everyone else. That does not sound like it would reduce stress. No, not at all. I, have you ever heard of community acupuncture? No. I have never heard of that. And then we had, Stephanie's not the only one who said that she did something like that. Um, you're not supposed to bleed. That's not a thing with acupuncture. Were they like, we got a gusher. <laughs> yeah, right? No, you're not supposed to bleed. 
Oh, no. I could just see you sitting there, like, in your recliner, just blood dripping. Ugh. <laughs> kind of reminds that, me of dialysis clinics. Yeah. That sounds like the opposite of a relaxing situation. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Don't want to do it. But then Jennifer says... I go, I've been going since my second failed IUI and have since had two more failed IUIs. Wah, wah. That's Side note. Sad. She says, I know how we feel about IUIs, <laughs> but I have secondary infertility and besides some mild morphology problems, my physician can't find a problem with me or my husband. I was certain IUI would work for us. But alas, I've kept going and I have my appointment scheduled through my first egg retrieval cycle. I find it relaxing, but she combines acupuncture with cupping and some massage. So I view it as more self-care than anything else, which is great. I could get behind it if there's a massage involved. Absolutely. Or and just cupping. some like scratching. Just scratch my back. <laughs> Play with my cupping hair. Cupping sounds like something I could get into. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you view it as self-care, then awesome. And it sounds like you're doing IVF now, obviously. Egg, retri- egg retrieval coming up. So, I hope that you have better results with IVF than you've had with IUI. Emily says, I didn't get acupre- acupuncture as it wasn't available within a reasonable distance. I did have fertility massages done weekly during all of our IUIs. Its main purpose was to increase blood flow to my reproductive organs and flush out any toxins. She also did cupping on me. There you go. Sounds nice. I I wonder what cupping is like. Have you had it done? Yeah, it looks... No, I mean, it looks painful, but... uh, from our last episode, you know, oh, I discussed that I enjoy painful things. <laughs> <laughs> painful self-care things. I, it sounds like something, I, I mean, I don't know what it really is supposed to do. It's just like, like pinpointed spots on your body that they cup with heat. They suck out. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. It looks, it looks Maybe painful, but I bet it's not. Hmm? Maybe blood flow to the area. Yeah, that's what it, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if acupuncture and acupressure and massage and blah, if all of that helps blood flow to your organs, that's a good thing. So that's great. Uh, What does Blair have to say? I've been seeing an acupuncturist that specializes in fertility weekly for about a month. I'm not entirely sure if it works per se, but I definitely do feel more relaxed after. She has also been such a good person to talk with about what we've been, we've had going, have been going through and how it's taken a toll on my body. She encourages me and reminds me to do things for myself to relax and de-stress during the week. Also, it's one of the only things covered by my insurance. I feel lucky that it's only my copay each time. At the end of the day, I'm not sure if it works or not, but it's something I do for myself each week, and that in itself is worth it. Yes, it is. Plus, your insurance pays for it. Yeah, there's 
two really positive things in there. Your insurance pays for it. And you said your acupuncturist has been a good person to talk to. It's like therapy. It is. I had that exact same experience and a lot of other people said the same thing. And I think it's that your doctor, you feel, or for me personally, I always felt like, oh my gosh, I have to get every question in in like 30 seconds because they always feel like they've got one hand on the door, like they need to move on to the next thing. And your acupuncturist, especially if they specialize in fertility, they know a lot about it, but they're never like, they're, they're never in a hurry. No. They're going to be right there with you and talk to you. And they might be a really good source um, of just information and like, like you said, therapy. It'll be like good to just talk to them about everything that's going on. <laughs> You do a lot of talking up front, or that was my experience. Like, you get there, and they're like, how's it been going? And then you just unload on them. <laughs> and then they put a bunch of needles in you, and then you relax. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> I don't think mine, the lady I saw wasn't really like that. No. Plus, she left mine, the room, so I didn't really talk to her. Yeah. Mine was super, I mean... She was very so. This was another thing, a common thing that we got that we're we're not going to read all the people that said this, but a lot of people said they felt like their acupuncturist was anti-Western medicine, like discouraging them from doing IVF or fertility treatments. Like, no, you need to heal your body with naturally with uh, you know herbs and spices. And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> If you can find, that's not going to help you. If you have an acupuncturist like that, you should get rid of your acupuncturist if they're like that. Because if you're going through IVF, you know, it's like you don't need someone if you're going through fertility treatments to be like discouraging you from that choice. You need someone who's coming alongside of you and encouraging you. And that's how mine was. She was very encouraging and helpful but also, like, approached it from a holistic standpoint, which I appreciated. Plus, she just, I just felt like she really cared about me and, like, listened to me. It really was like therapy, now that I think about it. Oh, Do you miss her? Thanks, Claire. <laughs> yeah, I have a freaky-deaky story about her. I can share an out-of-the-box, but we'll Whoa. finish our listener comments. Okay. Um, <laughs> So next was Nicole. She said, I really wanted it to work and I did it through my first two IVF cycles, but it ended up just stressing me out. It was another appointment among many and I just laid there thinking about how much money it cost for so little return. I stopped on my third, which is when I got pregnant. (laughs) I'm not saying it had anything to do with the acupuncture. I think it's the type of thing that if you feel like it helps you and you find it relaxing, then it's helpful. And if it's stressful, then it isn't. Perfectly said, Nicole. I agree with that. Sarah was nodding her head the whole time. Like, I I feel like that is exactly what Sarah's experience was. (laughs) That is true. I was also eating an apple, so I was trying to stay away from the microphone. (laughs) <laughs> but if it, yeah, if it's stressing you out, don't do it. 
You know, like if you're already busy and it's just another appointment and it costs you more money and you don't feel like you're getting a return on your investment, don't do it. Don't do it. So, um, Alicia, this one's kind of funny. Do you um, want to read it? Sh- yeah, I'll read it. Okay. Uh, because I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, so she tried it and it was a huge fail. So the first couple times she had a few snafus, whatever. But then she did her third session she goes in and she says it was truly relaxing dim lights warm table relaxing music it was truly a zen-like experience but once (laughs) she she went to put her shoes on she's getting ready to leave and she noticed there was still a needle (laughs) hanging out in her ankle (laughs) so that was her last straw she said once i saw the needle hanging out of my ankle i was completely over it so, <laughs> yeah how do you forget that yeah I mean again that maybe wasn't the most professional acupuncturist I don't know I mean they are really tiny I could see how you could miss one that would freak <laughs> me out yeah no I, I get it I get that <laughs> laser okay so the end of what she said is a friend of mine is prepping for her first frozen embryo transfer cycle and her clinic actually offers laser acupuncture which sounds pretty amazing but it's, she said it's very costly yeah i've never heard of that i've been either have you no i don't know does anyone have any experience with laser acupuncture and it's from her clinic huh interesting you can we buy more a laser acupuncture pen really yeah what you can acupuncture yourself this sounds dangerous yep what on amazon yep <laughs> how much is it uh this one's twelve dollars eleven ninety nine um I don't think that's a good idea, guys. <laughs> Here's one for $70 if that makes you feel better. Okay, the fact that there's one that's $11.99 and one that's $70 means you should buy neither one of them. It kind of makes me think of those pens that have the uh, sh- electrical current in them. Mm-hmm. Dumb boys would have at school and they'd shock people. Ugh. <sighs> That combined with the laser pointers. Yes. That's basically what you're buying, it sounds like. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. But then, so she said her clinic also offers in-house pre- and post-acupuncture, I assume, for IVF. But the cost is outrageous, so she declined on that. Yeah, yeah. I would decline, too. I mean, you don't need to do it in-house. That's another (laughs) add-on. That really is an add-on. Yeah. I bet they do it literally after, like, an embryo transfer. Like, just keep, just just lay right there, and our acupuncturist is now going to come in. It's a way to stop you from getting up to pee. (laughs) You can't pee with those needles in you. No, you can't do much with those needles in you, which is what Maria, our last comment, said. 
She said, I didn't try it for my first failed FET or first two canceled FET cycles. I tried it for my most recent FET attempt that also ended up being canceled. Oh, man. Maria. So it clearly didn't help much, even though I found it very relaxing. I'm curious why her FETs keep getting canceled. However, I was having intense sciatic pain from PIO injections that completely disappeared after weekly acupuncture. Hmm. I will definitely go back for sciatica or other nerve pain. I will probably pursue it again for an upcoming FET, but not weekly, just due to the cost. And because I did find the, quote, forced relaxation helpful. You can't really move or play with your phone with needles in your hands. (laughs) Which is true. It does force you. You can't do anything. You have to sit there and just do nothing. Sit there. Lay there. Yeah. Which for some people, like myself, is not very relaxing. Because I can't turn my brain off and I like think about all the things that I could or should be doing while I'm just laying here. But I'm I'm not a good during massages. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I don't feel that way during a massage. (laughs) Just feel guilty for getting them. Oh, I don't ever feel guilty for a massage. I'm guessing her uh, frozen embryo transfer cycles are canceled because of lining. I don't know. Maria, tell us. That's the only thing I can think of for those. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious, though, because that's a lot of canceled FETs. But and you're right. I think that's like seems to be the most common reason they get canceled is like, oh, your lining's not thick enough. We got to try again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing about acupuncture, one of somebody in our Facebook group said this, like, you can find tons of articles that uh, claim that it improves fertility outcomes. And there's even been studies that like actual studies that claim that it improves outcomes. But if you read the fine print, it's like, well, it's not that black and white (laughs) Uh, because I did. I went and read some of the studies on acupuncture and it's like, I don't know. I said this already. We both did. I just feel like if it is, if it feels beneficial to you, if it's relaxing for you, then do it. But if it it feels like something that you don't want to add to your plate because it'll be stressful, don't do it. Nope. <laughs> That's pretty much all we have to say about acupuncture. Yeah, but if you have any other opinions, let us know. Send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com or you can find us in our Facebook group or you can find us on Instagram at infertilemafia podcast. So now to for out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. So we haven't sung the song in a while. No. Uh, you were going to tell me a story about your acupuncturist? Oh, that's right. I was going to tell you a freaky story. Okay. So I did do acupuncture 
um, for my second and third embryo transfers. No, first, second, and third. I'm sorry. So I guess I did it for all three. Um, and she, Claire, who I mentioned, seemed so intuitive. Like she seemed more in tune with my body than I was. And she almost like, and I don't believe in this kind of stuff, but she seemed like she had some kind of like psychic quality to her because she said something to me before I miscarried that made me think something was off with that transfer. She sensed that something was off. I don't even remember what she said, but it was something that stuck in my... She she wasn't like overtly like, I think you're going to miscarry next week. <laughs> but she said something that like made me pause and think, oh no, something's not quite right. And then I miscarried like the next week. But then I saw her again when I was... So I saw her after the transfer with the twins that worked and I had terrible terrible morning sickness all day sickness whatever terrible nausea and it did help with my nausea and I was sitting there I was in my second trimester and she was like rubbing my belly (laughs) and talking to me just for fun just for funsies (laughs) And she, she was like, have you picked out any names yet? And I was like, yeah, we have picked out names, but we haven't told anyone. And we hadn't, we had not told a single soul. And she's sitting there rubbing my belly and she was like, I feel like this baby up here. (laughs) She could, she found Binocera's eyes. (laughs) Your face right now. Oh, man, I wish you guys could see her sometimes. Anyway, she's like, I feel like this baby, I feel like her name starts with an S. That's creepy. And it, and it, it did start with an S. That baby's name absolutely starts with an S. Her name is Sydney. <laughs> I'm like, how, I mean, okay, it could have just been a really good guess. Or... Maybe she has some kind of psychic powers. I don't know. She didn't guess the whole name? No, she just said, I feel like it starts with an S. That's all she said. Why do you say that? (laughs) No, I was just like shocked that she came up with that. I knew because I knew which baby it was that she was stroking at the time. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, yeah, I knew where they both were. Well, she had a one in twenty six chance. That's right, which well, is not more so for S. Probably S probably has a higher percentage of being right. But Gia, still, on the other hand, Gia, she didn't guess. She didn't say anything about Gia, but she just said, "I feel like this baby's name starts with an S." It's like you are correct, <laughs> and then I took off another piece of clothing. That's right. <laughs> That's a reference to shirt. Billy Madison, in case nobody caught it. Oh, man, I, I didn't catch that one. Oh, 
Have you seen the movie? A long time ago. I don't oh. remember it at all. Okay. Well, then sorry. never mind. <laughs> People that know the movie will catch the reference. I'm sorry. Speaking of movies, Sarah, what's your favorite type of movie? Uh, now, probably just rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite rom-com? Oh, uh, I like Knocked Up. Mm. I think it's funny. I haven't seen it. What? I've seen it so many times. I should watch it. I think it's funny. We like we have a lot in common, but one thing we don't have in common is what we watch on TV. <laughs> and I guess movies. I feel like we're always like, have you seen such and such? And we're the other person's like, nope. No. <laughs> Peter and I this- hadn't seen any of the same movies before we started dating. <laughs> No, have you caught up? Have you like are you on the same page now or Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It's kinda hard to pick a movie that we would both want to watch. Sure. I yeah, I find that to be Bill and I never watch movies. We never go to go to the movies. We hardly ever watch movies. I, I don't watch a lot of movies, but my favorite rom com for sure is when Harry met Sally. <laughs> I watched it a long time ago, but I don't remember it either. See, <laughs> I knew when I said it, you would be like, "Nope." <laughs> Come on, it has one of the greatest movie scenes of all time when the when she fakes the orgasm in the diner. Yeah, and then the old lady says, "We'll have what she's having." <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. It's such a great movie. I will give you that. What kind of but, movies do you usually watch? I mean, my favorite type of movie for sure is like a thriller, like a psychological thriller. Like uh, Seven or Kiss the Girls or like Silence of the Lambs. I'll or- bring up Seven and no one will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll know what you're talking about. I'll be like, what's in the box? (laughs) Don't look, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. I don't think they ever actually showed her head. Yeah, they showed a head. Did they? Shoot, we just ruined that movie for someone. Sorry about that. Spoiler alert, there's a head in the box. It's his wife's head. (laughs) But, I mean, the great thing about Seven is... I mean, there's so many wonderful things colliding. You have Morgan Freeman, right? Isn't he in that movie? I don't know. Shoot. I'm going to be such an idiot if he's not in the movie. Okay. Someone is in that movie. And Brad Pitt. And you have, like, the psychological thriller element. It's just... Oh, it's great. I've seen parts of it, I think. I didn't watch the whole thing, like, sit down and watch it. Mm -hmm. I think it was on, but... It's good. It's really good. Sometimes I can't just watch uncomfortable things. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't want to watch them every day, but if I'm picking my favorite type of movie, I like thrillers like that. I also like action movies. Like, I love Indiana Jones. I love... Um, 
what's the one die hard die hard with a vengeance i like i mean it these are all dating me because they're all like from the 90s i'm not into any of those my favorite (laughs) movie is donnie darko that's a good movie yeah like the music is really good and it's Uh uh-huh it's quirky like you what Uh uh-huh and then i got s darko did you know there there was a sequel no and it freaked me out so bad Mm. i just i don't like little kid ghosts or whatever I see dead people. Or creepy. And that was the first, Sixth Sense was the first movie I went to without my parents. Oh, that was a bad idea. I was in fourth grade. I don't know why they thought it would be a good idea to drop me off at the movies with my brother. (laughs) He's not good. And see a scary movie. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a great movie, though. I don't know. I love the creepy movies. It really got me when Bruce Willis was actually dead at the end. Well, yeah. I I just ruined that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that movie's super old. So is Seven. So if we spoiled it for you, I don't feel bad. No. I, yeah. (laughs) It's not like it came out yesterday, okay? It's true. I was in fourth grade when it came out. (laughs) So... If you had to pick, like, okay, you don't have to pick, I'll take the pressure off, you don't have to pick your favorite movie, but if you could just name one that would be in your top five, tell me what it what it would be. Well, I said Donnie Darko. Oh, but, right, you did, okay. Um, Clueless. Nice. Oh, another good 90s film, Alicia Silverstone. Was a good one. Oh. I... I really like uh, what to expect when you're expecting. You like movies about getting pregnant. I do. I like. I even <laughs> liked it when we were TTCing. Nice. I think. I think it. it's easy for me to say my favorite movie, hands down, of all time, is Forrest Gump. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh. Yep. What do you it's, like about it? It has everything you need. It has, you can laugh, you're going to cry. It has fantastic acting. It has fantastic set design. It has fantastic cinematography and costumes. And it travels through history. It's got like an, yeah, an element of like Americana. And it has everything you need in a good movie. It has Tom Hanks for crying out loud. Yeah. He's He's the greatest actor of our generation. Bold statement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say maybe your generation. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I feel like he was more of an 80s. No. I mean... (laughs) He had movies in the 90s, but kind of He's fell still off. relevant now. I saw Catch Me If You Can in the theater like seven times. I'm embarrassed to admit it. That's a lot of times. 
I know. I was in college. I had nothing else to do. I just kept going back to see it for Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. I was going to say that's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio in it, right? Yeah. Yes. I I mean, I'll admit. And and it's just a good movie. I don't remember how it goes, but... (laughs) it's It's a true story about Frank Abagnale, who, like, ripped off... I mean, he was the greatest con man in U.S. history, and now he works for the FBI. Oh. I thought of another really good movie. That Thing You Do. That's a great movie. Tom Hanks was in that one, right? See? (laughs) Yeah. Um, We have named zero movies from the last five years. (laughs) I can't think of any recent ones. Yeah, what's the best movie you've seen recently? Uh, Nothing (laughs) comes to mind for me. Yeah, me neither. I know people love The Greatest Showman, but I was like, whatever about it. I didn't see it. Oh, maybe you'd like it. I just don't see movies lately. I don't either. The last time I saw a movie was like Age of Adeline or something. Yeah, I don't. I think I saw Toy Story 3 in the theater, which was great. I saw the the last movie in the theater. (laughs) When you were like five. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It might have been six. (laughs) Guys, tell us what movies we need to see. Yeah, I can't think of any. No, I really, I mean, I don't, I I feel like even, I feel like a lot of people now, like, tend to, if they're gonna, if they're gonna binge on something for a few hours, it's like a really good TV show or, yeah, instead of a movie these days. Yeah. I mean, uh, not the, the last, movies. Actually, the one of the last movies I watched was uh, The Kissing Booth on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, and it made me cry, which was stupid. But <laughs> what's it about? Uh, these high schoolers. And this girl has never kissed anyone, and then she likes her best friend's older brother. It's like uh, what's that movie with Drew Barrymore? Never been kissed. Yes. Uh, except this girl's a high schooler. Hmm. And yeah, that's a cute movie though. Never been kissed or the kissing mm-hmm. booth. Both of them are never cute movies. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, tell us what your favorite movie is recently. You can send us an email. You can contact us on Instagram. You can find us in our closed Facebook group. We have two of them, by the way. We have the Infertile Mafia, and inside that we have Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies for when you get pregnant, have kids, all that good stuff. Um, like I said, feel free to email us at infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff and Tom Hanks. <laughs> And speaking of movies, in our next episode, we're talking about infertility in pop culture. Movies, TV, music, etc. How infertility and fertility treatments are depicted, good and bad, in Hollywood. 
That's going to be fun. Yeah. And we we need your help on that one. So if you have seen a movie or a TV show or any other pop culture reference that dealt with infertility, good, bad, ugly, like send it our way. Send us an email, this movie, this whatever, and let us know. And we want to talk about it in our next episode. I think that's going to be fun. And uh, just so you guys know, Kayla has never seen Up. No, because people say it's sad. It's just the first couple minutes. It's fine. And there's an element of infertility in Up? Yeah, that's the sad part. (laughs) Oh, because they can't have kids. Yeah, it's so (laughs) sad. Oh, Your homework is to watch that before we talk about the the media infertility okay it's only a couple minutes i was gonna say and your homework is to watch like friends and sex in the city i've seen this yeah yours your homework is way more fun than mine i don't want to watch something sad it's just a couple minutes okay i'll do my best guys (laughs) (laughs) Uh, join us next time and as always Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye.